What's up, mamas? It's Tanika Ray. I was a television host for 20 years before my entire life blew up when I had a baby. Shifting gears from red carpets to a gig called mom required a whole new game plan. The carefree, globe-trotting boss babe me was suddenly in search of a mommy tribe to help me navigate the inevitable fumbles and fails of raising a kid. Mama Stay with Tanika Ray is a sanctuary for the mommy collective, where we amplify our self-love and self-care, trade tips on raising conscious kids, help each other fine-tune our boundaries and celebrate the highs while forgiving ourselves for the lows in the wild, 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 wild world of mommying AF. Welcome to Mama's Day. Hi, mamas. It is in the middle of the night, and this is often when I record my podcast episodes because, well, life be life in y'all. And when I am in town, I'm typically busy working on a billion projects at once, but also I'm somebody's mama, y'all. And my daughter's schedule is jam packed. I am running from one rehearsal to another. I'm running from making sure I'm keeping her lunches purely organic and all this stuff that mamas do. You guys know the drill. But when it comes down to this week's episode, I'm super psyched because every week is so impactful to me. There are either moms that have pulled themselves up by the bootstraps. There are moms that were maybe have had a, a baby in their teenage years and, and everybody told them their life was over and they proved them wrong. We have girls that moved out to Los Angeles with only a hope and a dream. And this week's episode is half about that and half about a homegirl of mine that grew up in Los Angeles and how they found each other as the perfect match for a business that I like to call simply Mo and Kita. <laughs> so just to be really clear, everybody that I have on this podcast is somebody that is an actual friend, a friend in my head, somebody I've honored for a really long time and we're Instagram friends. Everybody is somebody that I have curated with the finest detail because I love them, because their energy screams loud, because they are an amazing influence and their their life journey has been impactful. These girls, Mo and Kita, are my girlfriend girlfriends. We are on a text chain with three other crazy chicks that I absolutely adore. And when I say crazy, I just mean they're confident and loud and they speak their truth. And those are the kind of women that are mama stay mamas. These two women are just hilarious. And you're going to laugh a lot on this episode. They came together in their early twenties, working at an incredible, powerful record company when record companies were like that. And they ended up forming a business together as PR mavens for so many celebrities that you'll hear them talk about in this episode. They're both moms, but they arrived at mommyhood in very different ways at very different times in their life. One pregnancy or a couple pregnancy when it comes to Mo, we're right smack dab in the middle of them being on this reality show with Terrell Owens. You might remember the T.O. show. So without further ado, let's jump right into this. Get ready to laugh and enjoy their journeys. They are 
incredible mamas who have helped me really refine my mommy journey. We have mommied side by side. And really when it comes down to it, the one thing that moms need more than anything is a community that really sees them and honors them. And that's what we say as Mama Stay. The mommy in me sees and honors the mommy in you. Now, if you need a deeper dive into their resume, go Google them. They're everywhere. But for now, let's get this episode started. Everybody, welcome to the mic, Mo and Kita. We're going to the PG-13 zone, which okay. is okay. everything okay. Mama Stay with Tanika Ray. Now, you guys are literally, I started this podcast in October because I am so passionate about this collective of moms that I connect to. There are moms out there that write these books like, oh, to be the perfect mom, they make me barf. Okay. I'm just not the perfect <laughs> mom. I didn't dream about being a mom. I never wanted to be a mom. God had different plans for me. And I'm, I've stepped all the way into it as you both know, right? She's my favorite person on the planet. That That's doesn't mean it's it. that, right. That doesn't mean it's easy. Uh-uh. No, not at it's all. hard every single day. So I wanted to, I've been leaning on my girlfriends. I've been leaning on girlfriends I've made on Instagram and TikTok who I just resonate with. And mm-hmm. Mo, you've been here way before Kita and I. So I wanted yes. your wisdom. You were married. You are married with three sons and a bonus. How? <laughs> and you ran a very successful publicity firm. How, Mama Sita? How? Let's start <laughs> there. So first of all, I want to acknowledge you saying that I was married and I am still married because I I want to say this. Technically, by law, I am no longer married. Mentally and spiritually, I am because I will I refuse to say that I am an ex anything. I am I still have the wife mentality and I still am a woman who is wife material. So I will still say that I am married. I'm married to my future husband. Um, Yes. And I do. I have three biological children, um, but even before them. So I have three biological children, 15, 13 and 11. And even before them, when I first met my husband, who is the was husband, right? When I met him, I, I went into a relationship with an 18 month old and an eight month old. So I have bonus children that are 30 years old, right? So I've been doing this for a long time. How do I do it? I always tell people that there is no such thing as balance. Um, We find that out every day in life. There's no difference with motherhood and anything else. There's no such thing as balance. We are, when you've gotten motherhood kind of, when you've got a really firm grip on it, it's when you know what to let go of. And it's all personal and different for everyone. When you know what to let go of, what to let fall through the crack holes, right? We're going to survive, right? And um, when you realize that there are certain fires that you have to attack immediately and others, just let the damn building burn down. It doesn't matter. Like, we didn't need that building on the compound anyways, right? And, and, and I think that that's when it starts really working for you. Otherwise, you'll go start crazy, especially with multiples. Can I just tell you, I'm surprised that you just said you let the house burn down because- Kita, were you surprised by that? You've been partnered with Mo for years in your publicity firm. Mo said, let the house burn down? Um, That's defiant, but she (laughs) she definitely, that's figuratively speaking, because Mo, it has always been someone who 
has known what she wanted. And I think the one thing that Mo, Mama Mo, what we call her, is really good at is guidance and direction. So she's not just going to let the house burn down. What she will say is if she's going to let the house burn down, trust and believe there's another one in the waiting. Okay. So there is <laughs> more the to side. that. So she's got the... Yeah, we can burn this house down. Go ahead and do what you need to do here in this house. Okay. Um, we're going to let it burn down. We're going to get this lumber, make this, get this wood, you know, collect, look, recycle what we need to. Exactly. We're going to have this house here. Yeah. So there's definitely motivation behind what she's saying. But yeah. I get it. She's thank good you. with those thank puns. You, thank, you for, thank you for clearing it up. But it's not, listen, here's what I realized though, seriously, and, and, and through life, through motherhood, through parenthood, through partnership, even Kita is actively in a, in, a, in a relationship, right? There's going to be times when things, certain things are not going to be as important. Did she say actively in a relationship? Actively. As in, I, am, I mean, because, because of condom on. Like she's actively participating in a well-protected. I'm saying you're actively. Get all the way back. Bring it back to us. You're actively in a, in a healthy vibrant, just like your shirt, right? You're in a healthy, vibrant relationship where you and your partner are one, united in the same home, parenting together, you know, um, getting tattoos and things on rings and things, making (laughs) things super official, official on top of official. So I'm in actively because I am in a relationship, but it has not been activated by my new mate yet. So that's what I meant by that. So thank you for clearing that up. I am no longer in a home, co-parenting, those type of things. So you're actively doing that. Tanika and I are kind of in the, you know, like right before we got on the Zoom, we were in a waiting room. So we're kind of in that waiting room. We're, 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 we're incubating and waiting for everything to manifest the way we want it to, right? But what I was saying was, was that in motherhood and in any relationship, what's important um, the cheese constantly is being moved, right? So you think something's important in the beginning, right? So you get pregnant and you're like, oh my God, first for me, all of my children, I was not like Tanika. It wasn't that I dreamt about having children so much. It's just that I was with my husband for so long right. and that was the natural next step. That's so part of it. Yeah. We're playing like literally like ovulation on the calendar. Let me lay down and and, and do this right quick. You did all the things, girl. You did all, all the things. other things, right? And then I'm glad that I planned them and I'm glad that I truly wanted them because single motherhood is not easy. And every day I have to remind myself when dealing with these three characters, their personalities, their wishes, wants, and what they don't want to do. And I'm over here like, oh, well, damn. I feel like some days I have three daddies and three husbands, yes. right? I say to myself, Jesus, I asked you for this. Yeah. And then I just have to stop. Speaking of ags, we prayed for another one. Kita, you want to talk about your journey on? on okay. On all right. Hold tight. Hold tight. Because I just want my audience to know if you haven't figured it out by now, these two women are publicists. They are masters of the language and they utilize it well every single day in every single way. So Mo, you heard a little bit about her journey. Kita, very different. Mo, you had a head start about what, 10, 11 years uh, actually, 14 years before I had my own child, I was already co-parenting with my was husband. So, Kita, mm-hmm. you literally watched your partner for over mm-hmm. a decade mommy and be a boss mom simultaneously. So mm-hmm. when you're watching her, were you like, dang, that looks hard? Or were you like, I think I can do that? 
you know, I think it was a, it was a little bit of both. I think for me, you know, a lot of people got a chance to see Monique's journey unfold on the show we created and executive produced with our former client, T.O., Tara Lewins. Um, Tell them what the name Joe. of the show was to remind them. The T.O. The T.O. show. Um, <laughs> or as some want to call it, the Kita and Mo show with T.O. <laughs> Or yeah. like the Mo and Kita show with Tia. Mo and Kita show. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah. We can be so here you get all day. That part. <laughs> but I think the beautiful part is um, people got a chance to see her journey in the process of, you know, mastering being a mom, a mogul, a wife, and really being in a space that was dominated by men. Um, there are so many hats that we've got to wear, you know, as women alone and then as black women included. And then you put that mommy hat on. It just fits different. You know, you got to find your right angle. You got to find the right fit, the right size. And ultimately watching her navigate that space, people saw that unfold on the show. And, and there were difficult seasons for us, literally, where, you know, she had to take a break. I didn't understand that because, you know, if you really think about motherhood, it is not just a full time job. It is an, a 360 million day yes. a year job, all day yes. job. So not only was I not able to grasp that, I didn't really understand truthfully how purposeful it was, how important it was for her to make sure she was watering that garden first. You know, after seeing her do all of those things, it really allowed people to look inside of a scope and say that women, we we, we really are the masters or the masters Master of the universe. Hers, yes. T-shirt, hers. Yes, T-shirt. Masked hers of the universe. And, and I respected that. For me, my journey was different. I'm one of five. So, you know, my mom had babies in every decade, the 70s, the 80s, and the 90s. Um, I'm a 70s baby. So I got a chance when my mom had my last two siblings to be in high school. And I got a firsthand look of what teenage parenting was like. Yes. So my mom was in her early 40s when she had her last child in 1990. And I think the crazy part is, is that most people assume when I was with my baby sister as a junior in high school, that that was my child. Um, and when I was a sophomore in high school with my brother, that that was my child. No matter where we went, it was assumed to be the case. So I was a bit uh, shell shocked because it made me not. First of all, that was instant birth control. Right. Second of all, it kept That's me a virgin. I got into college. I lost my virginity when I was in college because I was like, I do not want to get pregnant. I see firsthand what that looks like. So I saw firsthand what it looks like as a young girl and saw firsthand what it looks like as a woman after her dreams who didn't want that to interfere. And I hate to say interfere, but I saw but that's real. Though, Peter. That's real. That's it real. was real. And people don't realize that the, the GPS of mommyhood of really navigating that day to day looks different. It's like traffic. It's not going to you're not going to always take the same way to the same place every day. Your child's going to be moody. There's going to be things that's happening that pop up that you're that you're not prepared for. That's called, you know, to say that's called traffic. But ultimately, in that space, when I decided that motherhood was something that I wanted, I thought it was too late. And by the time I decided that, you know, having um, a healthy relationship, I just been proposed to and was ready to start the journey had been on birth control thinking, you know, my mom had her baby at 40. You know, I'm good. Um, I was intentional wanting kids. So I stopped taking my birth control and I for like a year wasn't getting pregnant. Uh, of course, I thought it was him, not me. Oh, well, of course. Um, it couldn't be you, darling. You know, not Girl, no, something must be wrong with his magic potion, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but truth be told, so many women don't 
look at it from the same perspective. We just assume, oh, when we're ready to have kids, especially black women, we can have kids, do a doggy style, put your leg up in the air, <laughs> drink some pineapple juice, you know, make sure you go eat X, Y, and Z. Those are things that we're told, but what we're not told is about our fertility awareness and our fertility health to check into that. So many of us are waiting later in life women, especially black women that have kids, um, we're waiting well into our thirties, early forties, and your eggs aren't always going to be good. Yeah. And if you don't check on that, you won't know. So I decided to get a uterine ultrasound for those of you who don't know. And of course, Tanika, I'm not sure if your audience is familiar with that. I think you may have had. Yeah, break it down. I've had a, I've had a lot of experts on, but break down what that means. Because for me, I just thought it was a vag steam and you got pregnant that I told you about getting your vagina steam. Yes. Let me tell y'all this, just so y'all do understand. See, this is a village. This is a real, this is not just a mama's day. Okay. (laughs) This is all, this is a namaste, a mama's day, a a, a stay away stay. All of those things we've been in cahoots with as real friends. And we've been celebrating each other's journeys along the way. All of our wins, when it's personal and professional and what it boils down to, you share, especially being in the industry, and Tanika, you're in front of the camera. You know what I mean? We've been in front of the camera. So as black women, we see each other in our moods. And so we have a circle, a sisterhood. And Tanika, I remember her telling me, look, this is what I did. I share with her, you know, I was having a little issue. As I said, you heard me. I said, I thought I was having a little issue. I was having a little issue with wanting to become mommy, getting pregnant. She was like, girl, you got to go to this place. Not to promote the Tekken Spa, but it's called the Tekken Spa. You sit on this hot pot. You get a bad steam. And those of you who know, Tanika is very airy. She's very well, <laughs> you know. Yes, honey. She's she's <laughs> she's very in tune with thyself. And in that space, I was like, well, damn. Okay, let me go sit on this hot pot and see what's about to pop it, right? And I did. I did exactly what you said. And nothing on that hot pot was popping for me. So, <laughs> so ladies, let me tell you something. We do have responsibility for our own health and wellness. And so I had to take the next step. And my girlfriend was like, you got to go get your, your um, eggs checked. And I was like, eggs, what are you talking about? Eggs? <laughs> what eggs are you talking about? Your eggs. If you don't know, you can actually see how many eggs you have mm-hmm. um, as a woman, especially if you are boss and you're doing your thing and Ooh, your career is on the phone, you're busy, you're not ready for kids yet. You may not have found the perfect husband or partner, according to Monique, mm-hmm. or relationship that you're really ready to settle down and create life with somebody. But you have choices. And I didn't know that because no one told me that. No one unpacked that with me. Nobody you know? does. So, Nobody breaks down nobody the ins and outs. Right. Nobody breaks down the ins and outs. I think that's where we need an awakening too. You know, we all have an awakening with Black Lives Matter. My thing is, at the end of the day, our eggs matter, right? So ultimately, when you get a uterine ultrasound, it's similar to getting a real ultrasound, but they go in and they check your follicles. Your follicles, you're stimulating, everyone has follicles. But as you get older, your follicles diminish. So when you're born, we all have all the follicles we're going to have. And those follicles are like branches on a tree. And if you think of branches on the tree or oranges on a tree, each of those branches have oranges on it. And those oranges are your eggs. So as the branches die off, they don't grow back. Your follicles don't necessarily come back healthy like that. So as each one diminishes, as we ovulate, we lose eggs. We don't create more eggs. So let's get that in. The, you don't make, I don't care how much green juice you drink. I don't care how much sea, sea moss you oh, got. I don't care. 
it's done. So yeah. your boy, men make more sperm. Okay, men can ejaculate. <laughs> God, it is the funniest thing God did, but I guess it's for a reason. They can just, I mean, 90-year-old daddies happening around. They're like dandelions. Some of them, yes. they just... That right. doesn't mean well, all the sperm is good sperm, but they can produce it. Yes. They can produce new sperm. Yeah. Women, we don't. We don't make new eggs. So every month that you have a period, you are actually losing part of your 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 fertileness. And when I decided to go do this uterine ultrasound, I was 37 and had no idea what that would encompass. And, and ultimately for me, it discovered a lot of things. So not only did I go in and get my follicles checked, he was able to look at my whole cavity. And in there, the doctor told me, you know, do you want the good news or do you want the bad news? And how do you deposit that? That's a hard right? one. That's right. I'm sure you were freaking out because that's not what you want to hear in the doctor's office, especially when you want the baby so desperately. So which did you go for the good or the bad first? And I told him, I don't do bad news. I said, I love the, to make sure good is in the word of everything. So I said, can we just say you have good news and not so good news? Because no matter how you look at it, we're going to be good. Yeah. So in the space of where it was, he says, okay, well, I'm going to give you the not so good news. And not so good news is that you have a huge fibroid that is taking over the inside of your, your uterine cavity. Most people have fibroids on the outside. I had fibroids where the baby would grow. So there's no, that's why I wasn't getting pregnant. Um, I had a a fibroid probably the size of this ball, a little bit smaller. Not in your little body, Kita. There's no way. When you're pregnant and that baby's growing, don't get it twisted. How many months can you be? I, Monique, how many months was I before I started showing? I didn't show until like, yeah. Almost seven. Almost seven. I absolutely hated her. Almost seven. But I mean, I didn't, I didn't show, I didn't show until six, but I'm not tiny like you. I find that shocking. No, 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 uh, no, no. About five months, I start showing. But the day after I get pregnant, my nose is swollen. Like when I get up from the sperm okay. actually settling in, my <laughs> lips are already bigger. My there. skin gets darker. This one right here, she mommy seven months. And she still yeah. had to poke out her belly to prove that she was pregnant. I mean, Monique has research. She's done this so many times. She could, she has research. So it's okay. like, when she Monique turns pregnant, over, she's been pleased and there. satisfied. She goes to the mirror. She's like, I got pregnant. She knows right. Like, right. I know it. I know it. Like I wake up and know that I'm pregnant. Yes. I tell her all the time, I was like, Monique, you know how, uh, you know, because she always has jokes. Monique is the type of person where she, you know, every woman has a mommy glow. I would tell Monique, I need to get a flashlight to find you. I need a flashlight to find your glow, boo. Because right about now, what she told me, what she told me, it wasn't my first pregnancy. It was my second or third. I was tired of being pregnant, inconveniencing my life. And she said, she said, she said, Monique, you know, everybody has like this pregnancy glow. You know, she said, all of your lights went out. <laughs> and she said, she said, you kind of are kind of like you're looking a little bit like Biggie Small Sister. Kata! That's what she told me. That's horrible. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. No, no, no. It didn't hurt me because I had a mirror too. I just needed her to pull it together. Not hurt me. Monique is a type of person because she's pregnant. No, you hush. You hush. Monique's a type of person. I had a mirror too. I knew I didn't yeah. look the same. Yeah. I knew but something change. But it was and it wasn't just and let me tell you something. I don't want I don't want the, the pregnancy PETA people to come after me. So let me tell you something. 
What I will say is I had to tell her that because I got tired of her walking around with her glow on low. If you don't get that hair together, put you some real clothes on, pull it all the snatch it back. We on TV. You're not about to walk in these airports looking no. like you're like that. Yeah. So well, when that I doesn't said, sound like she was that sympathetic to your situation. No, she, there was no empathy. Time. No, first time I'm going to give you a pass. Second, third time, you know how this works. You know your nose is going to grow as soon as you sneeze and say you're pregnant. You understand that you're going to get the black ring around your neck. Where it was happening. All of I that. All of it. But if you're going to have those things happen to your body that we have no control over, I need you to get the rest together. Okay? I need the rest of it to be together. Because... It's important. She, you know, I was messing up her brand. I was messing up my brand. That's some you know, brutal, were like, savage love coming your way, Mo. God. It, was, it, was, it was, yeah, it was, it was tough love at its best. But you know what it did do for me? Because this is the truth. This is the truth. What it did for me, honestly, because some people will be like, oh my God, that was so cruel. And da, da, da. Keita knows my love language. Right. And so one thing when she starts saying that it's messing with our brain, like you don't want you, you can be this, that and a third to people. You don't want to look like this to people. <laughs> right. And so she knows that Monique's real about her money. So if you ain't going to inspire me to do nothing else, if it comes to us breaking bread, I break bread with my bitches, right? We've been doing that since Def Jam. <laughs> breaking bread together yes. <laughs> since 2000, okay? Yeah. So when she was able to like really, because like I said, I had a mirror too. I just chose not to look into it. because but I at best, Tamika, let's be honest. Uh, at best, I told her, I said, look, you got to have at least one decent photo for your children out right. in this world. Mm-hmm. When they see you pregnant yes. with them, they don't want you don't want them chopping your head off and say, here's my mom's belly. You want them to be proud of the whole photo. And right. you yourself want to be proud of the whole photo. And I am an image girl, right? right. So yes, when, Monique knows, when it comes to clients, image matters. That is the reason why social media, those people who are intentional about their image, even when it's not reality. Let me say this. Monique could, Monique's glow could be all the way out. It don't even have, I just need her to have a 30 watt. Not a hundred watt bulb, but when we go out like a 30 watt at home, turn it out, black out the wall. Like you told me, do whatever you need to do. But it's really important because I also realized it affected her mood. You know, it were, it there does. were certain things. Yeah. So it, it was just, and it wasn't as so, it, so, so let me say what she did. She did this though. She did. She, she, and her cousin Kat, but she went with me to go pick out some things. Right. Because I was just like, oh, you did a, you did here. a full makeover. You she, helped she, did, she did a mommy makeover before, before, you know, before I even knew that that was happening to me. Right. <laughs> um, and, and then, uh, then she put together a photo shoot for me. Right. Um, but then she was very intentional about helping me pick out outfits for things that were really easy and grabbable and, 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 and didn't feel like they were hugging me. And right. it was just, I don't know what was going on with you. You know what, a lot? She, Monique dealt with a lot. So she was, it, and that's the thing, you being pregnant, I think the beautiful part about it is when you have a village, because people forget when you're pregnant and you're working full time, I don't care if you three, four, five, six, seven, understanding that fertility, my fertility was at jeopardy even before conception. I understand that once that baby decides to deposit itself inside your lining, you're responsible for making sure you nourish yourself you have so that to. that baby can be nourished. And the crazy part is, and we all know this too, is that nine times out of 10, 
as as women who are constantly working, you feel guilty because you're tired all the time. You're laying around. But don't forget, people got to remember, you're busy making arms, legs, a heart, ears, eyelids. You're busy making eyes and nose for a whole human being. So you have worked all day. You're doing your best. Did you get that before you were pregnant? When you were savagely, you didn't get it. That's why you're coming at Mo that way. You should let that ring be around her neck. Let her watt be at 10 because she's tired. It was at zero. It was was out. The bulb wasn't out. The bulb was out. I like it. No, that pregnancy was really bad. But you know what? But I'm grateful, though, honestly. I'm grateful that she did say that to me when she said it because what it did was it made me pep up and it made me actually... Uh, how do you say it? When you say people are not really living to their potential, I wasn't living through my full pregnancy potential. And so what it did, honestly, with her going with me to pick out things, her making me do a photo shoot, those type of things made me have some things that I could go into my closet and grab without thinking about it. And so it was less of an effort, right? If I already knew, like I already had this matched with that. So if I was going somewhere, I don't care if it was just the three outfits, I felt good and confident because confidence kind of, right. Mm -hmm. And so when you're not feeling confident about whatever it is that's going on with you, right. Then, then you cannot step up and, and present yourself as your best self. So what it did really in essence was help me be a better me, even even, whether I was pregnant or not. You know, what's amazing is I'm really conscious of the fact while we're pregnant, our child is soaking in all of those vibes, right? right? Whether they're here or not, if you're not feeling good, that baby is still soaking it in. I have crazy memories of, I have this recurring dream of being in a white space with lots of colored balls coming at my face. And I mm-hmm. haven't been able to discern what that is, but my mom lost her mom two months before I was born. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like there's something in there, the trauma, like I, I feel like I was a baby in utero dodging balls, right? And right. so that sounds gross, let's not be nasty, but there's something in that the baby is still absorbing us in our energy and our vibes and our emotions before they're even here. So I wow. love that you did that for Mo. You understood it intuitively, even though you'd never been pregnant before. But mm-hmm. how did those things change for you, Kita, when you became pregnant? Were you like, oh, I get it now? Yeah. Well, and it changed because I think we all we all can say things. And even though we're Monique and I have what we call our own. Uh, sisterhood relationship. Yeah. So, you know, it sounds harsh in that space. You know, we definitely keep it real with each other when it comes down to our best. And I think the beautiful part is when I when I was going through my journey, she was there with me. You know, she was a person that that one of the the the, the truest of true who told me that I was meant to be a mother. You know what I mean? She told me that you knew more than Kita, like you believed it the whole time, Mo, that she would be a mom. Oh my gosh, what are you saying? Yes, absolutely. Like I knew that this person that I had met, right, and that had had 30 plus years of living here, the shoe never fell off. 
the curtain, the curtain, nothing dropped behind the curtain. Like she was really presenting who she was. And I'm like, if this person, I've watched her be a big sister. I've watched her be a great daughter to her mother. I watched her be a, a supportive daughter, even to her father. I've watched her through her parents' divorce. I've watched her raise her sisters and brothers, put them through college. I've watched her be friends to our friends. I've watched her uh, tussle in the dirt with some of our clients. I've watched her give, 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 even to past relationships. Wow. I thought to myself, there's no way that God could deny her the privilege of actually pouring into someone that she helped create the way she was able to pour into so many people that actually just became part of her life. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I knew that if she wanted this, that this was absolutely not only possible, but it was going to happen and it was going to happen and be the best thing ever for her and whomever came, became part of this world because of the journey. What, like, did that feel like? what did that feel like to have Mo, your partner, the person you were with probably more than anybody pour that um, into you? Well, I think the hard part is I, you know, it wasn't, um, you know, I try to be a realist, you know? So I think the, the, the crazy part is a lot of my girlfriends were on this mogul train like I was. And so they didn't have children, you know, they didn't really understand the, the, the depth of what it was I was yearning for. And she did. And because we had been through it all, um, I had to lean on her for areas of my faith that were, sh- that were shook. And I think the hard part, too, is is when you've come to terms that maybe this is not for me, that's when the reality clicked in. Like, maybe this is not part of my journey. And as she said before, you know, I always thought to myself that being a mother would be a part of my bio. Um, And I know, let me say this, too. I know there's several ways of becoming a mother. Mm -hmm. Right. There's so many beautiful ways to become a mother, whether you're adopting, whether it's through foster care, whether you are what I call an an auntie mommy. There are several ways of becoming a mother. But for me at that time, I was choosing to be uh, wanting to become a mother and have my own biological child. And when I saw that that door was potentially closing, I remember I dropped to my knees and I said, Lord, I don't want to be a beggar for something that I know is important for me. But if it's not from you, I understand if there's more purpose for me, if it's not parenthood. And so in that space, in that time, I went through a whole trial. I had a surgery for for my fibroid. Um, I had a complication with that, Monique knows, which set me back in. It was a life-threatening complication. It wasn't set back. It was almost death. Yeah. Yeah. So this is before, um, after I had the surgery to to remove the fibroids. um, And after that surgery, the setbacks happened again, and I was getting pregnant, but miscarrying. And my doctor told me, you know, your body just may not be equipped to carry a child. Um, You have the eggs, you have, you have quality eggs. So we might have to do IVF. And at the time, I didn't really understand what IVF was. You know, we hear initials, we hear MVP, you know what I'm saying? Right. We hear DMV, I hear all these, all these, these letters, but I'd never heard of IVF. I, I kind of heard of it, just didn't understand it. Right. It sounds and scary. It sounds scary and it sounds expensive. Um, and in that space, excuse me, of him telling me that um, now I'm going through another journey and IVF is, is in vitro fertilization. So my doctor told me my body may not be equipped, may not be equipped to carry because I had two miscarriages after the fibroid surgery to get me prepared for pregnancy naturally. Right. 
Then he says, well, maybe your body is not equipped because when you have fibroid surgery, they where mine was, they go in and they scrape your lining. Your uterine lining is where the baby, where the embryo and the baby, uh, where the embryo is implanted and the baby grows with the embryos, the baby. Um, and if it's too thin, it, it, it you can miscarry. And ultimately I had two miscarriages and he recommended either IVF. And if IVF didn't work because, you know, obviously it didn't work for me to carry my child, at least we would be able to have embryos, uh, which is for me to take my eggs out, put Joe's sperm with it and be able to implant that potentially. Some women will, will, will do IVF and, and will get just eggs because they don't have a partner. Right. And you can freeze your eggs because you don't have a partner or you or you're not ready for children. If you are ready for children and you're married or you have a partner, whether you're uh, gay, straight or what have you, if you decide that you are ready, then you take the sperm and put with your egg. That then becomes an embryo that you freeze. Now, I have an embryo which would biologically be my egg and Joe's sperm would then have to go into another woman for surrogacy. Which also sounds expensive, but you got sisters. So I'm sure you had those conversations, right? Yes, I did. I did. And I'm pretty sure a lot of people understood Gabrielle Union. You don't know people's backstory to understand what they may have gone through. So it was really harsh to see how people were coming at her saying things that to me, they didn't understand and being naive. And I understood it wholeheartedly. Um, And even in reaching out to her and having those conversations, she also referred me to her IVF doctor um, for the IVF journey. And because, you know, obviously we know Gab and Dwayne got the best of the best. So that was the bonus of being in this industry is being able to have those resources and plug into other women who were doing it. So Here's the beautiful part of the, the, here is the caterpillar that became a butterfly in my journey of fertility is going through all of that, being intentional, praying about it, making sure my body is what it is, where it should be and being told that, that no was in the cards for me in terms of carrying my child. Um, The doctor told me to give my body a break. Um, This was in, after I had my miscarriage in June of 2014, said, give your body a break. August, um, Came, enjoyed, went away to Cabo, come back, start working again. Remember, we're moving forward. So go back to the IVF doctor. He said, come back in January. Your uterine lining will heal and we'll start the IVF process. I go. We had an amazing Christmas. Um, Joe reproposed. Um, Did you toss that tequila? That's when it happened. Tequila, girl. Tequila, girl. Tossed it all back. Had an amazing holiday. Come back around. It was January the 15th went for my appointment to check my my uterus to see if I was ready to start my medication, to see how many follicles I had that could be stimulated. Um, And then in that part, be able to chart it out. So I had to go in and get all of that pre-screening done. We go in, I'll never forget, we go in, just a regular thing, no anxiety. I get on the table. You do the he does the uterine ultrasound with the wand. We call her Wanda because Wanda's always in our business. Always Wanda in you. Honey, Wanda's always there, okay? Um, Wanda goes in and literally he's like, hmm. And you guys know when doctors go, hmm. You don't know if that hmm is good or if that hmm is bad, right? Right? You know how you can look at someone and go, hmm. Well, he's looking know. at the screen and he's like, hmm. Hmm. And I'm looking it out. Now I'm sweating. And I'll never forget, Joe told me, it's okay, babe. Whatever it is, it's okay. And in that moment, the doctor says to me, he goes, do you hear that? And then it goes. I was like, oh, that's my heartbeat. <laughs> now, I just want you to know, <laughs> I get blonde sometimes. I mean, whose else heartbeat is it going to be, right? right? 
right? We're all the machines and he's got Wanda inside. I'm thinking it's my, my heart is healthy. Does it sound good? He's like, you don't hear that? I was like, I hear it. He was like, no, it's not your heartbeat. It's your baby's heartbeat. So. I want to cry. <laughs> so in that moment of me being told no, that it may not be in the cards for me to be able to carry my own child in that space and in that moment to go in and to hear my child's heartbeat unknowingly um, that my child chose me and he was already there was the most, and to capture it just instantly. Um, and of course I busted into tears and he was like, you hear that? I was like, yeah. he's like, that's your baby. And I'm like, no, he's like, yes. And of course, at that point, I think I was nine weeks, had no idea I was nine weeks. So I was almost through my first trimester unknowingly that I was pregnant. So when I tell you, um, and of course, Nika, you know, you came to my baby shower. Um, we wore all white. I mean, it was <laughs> you know, a fabulous baby shower, <laughs> darling. <laughs> yes. And even, I, wait, wait, even more so before the baby shower, you were going through all kinds of stuff. I'm going through my first year as a mommy. We oh, have right. my daughter's first birthday party and you stroll up everything 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 so all i'll say is that this mommy and thing you know is is one of those things that whether you choose it or it's chosen for you right the one thing i will say is that it's already been chosen regardless because god decides what happens at the end of the day um and just the gift of life that we're given to oversee whether it is your child or someone else's is so purposeful you know, and meaningful. And um, that's why it's not easy. But I love what you said. It's already determined for us because whether you planned it from you, uh, you ended up getting a, two bonus children from the beginning mm-hmm. and you willingly went into it with an 18 month old, I would have been like, well, that's a lot. I would have, right. but y'all know me. <laughs> I would have been like, wait a minute. You willingly. And yeah. And, and Monique has always been a care. I had a different rule. She had the same, her rule was different. She could date guys that had kids or, or cause she was that person. My rule was I, I can't date a man with children because you know what comes with that. Hello. We get it. Right. You become but mommy. Then, so yeah, you willingly did that and had three more. I was like, I thought I would be Samantha from sex in the city for the rest of my life. <laughs> hey, you. hey, hey, hey. Forever. Right, so God, how me, Carrie and Monique, who are you? No, 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 I'm Carrie. You definitely can't be Carrie, honey. When well, you're okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Wait, wait, wait. Okay. Here's the thing that we know is that we can be moments and percentages. Okay, so I'm mm-hmm. Carrie. I've got like forty-five. No, I've got like fifty-five percent Carrie. I've got okay. a good thirty-five percent Samantha. And a little Miranda. Ain't got no Charlotte. No Charlotte. You you and I are on the same wavelength. Now, this one over here, she wants to be Carrie, but she's Charlotte all half of the day. No, I'm half and most of the night. Well, no. Well, no. Wait a minute. Hold on. You might want to ask Joe about that. I was going to say, how do you know about her nighttime at night after drinking? First of all, let me just say, in terms of even if I was supposed to be seducing a man, she's not the one to call. I, oh, I don't know what those start with that story. No, no start with that story. I got my kids. I let got my kids. Being a mother, regardless of what it is, if you're if you're mommy in your way through life unintentionally, you accidentally end up pregnant. No, no, and no, I say no accidents are such a thing, Tanika. But when things 
happen and you're going through life, let's just say you lean in with your girlfriends, whether it's where do we sit? Where do we go to sit on this hot ass tea and spa pot? Right. But for Monique, I've never done fellatio. And I wanted to know, how do we do this? You seem to be about that life. You out there doing all the Samantha things, oh, right? You know. And this was my boyfriend. No, I told you I was a slow cooker. Okay, so I was getting my wings and I asked this one. This one, over I the said, phone. She called me over the phone to ask I mean, me. I was like, like, I can show you. No, no. No, we're not. We're not no, going there. Stop. We're not going to go there. Because, so in the- wait, 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 wait. First of all, now I'm being reminded, Mo, that mm-hmm. we were supposed to have a little seminar. What the fuck mm-hmm. happened to the seminar? I know I, we virtual. Know whenever, whenever we're ready, we're ready. But here's what I'm going to say. She called me over the phone, and this was in 2001, before FaceTime was available. This is before everything. Yeah, right, 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 right. And she called me, and she was at the airport, and she was like, okay, I think I just landed, and I think I'm going to do. And I said, okay, like a banana, and then I'm trying to, like, tip. The Tiffany Haddish. I can't, like, tell you over the phone. I'm like, why didn't you ask me while we were in L.A. together? I would have been the lick to show you. Like, this is Mama Stay, so we're going to stay in the lane of Mama Stay. But let me tell you this, though. The beautiful part, again, about sisterhood, mommyhood, you have your village. All I know is the village of learning that she's not the leader, even Please. though... She was Please. a false prophet when it came down to it. All of those things were smoking mirror. And when I, yes, you were false prophet. They were not. But I'll tell you this. Are you saying it wasn't, you weren't successful when you decided well, that to that had nothing to do with me, whether she was or wasn't. Can I tell my story? Can, can I tell my, Please my tell your story? But that ain't got nothing to do with me. You can't ask at the airport before. No, I'll tell problem. you, let me say this. One of the things when you talk about sex in the city, yes, I am partly Charlotte, but definitely Carrie as well. When it, comes to, yeah. when it comes to Carrie and her mindset and just thinking in the way that she she moved her fa- her fashions, all of those things, but definitely Charlotte in mindset. Because, you know, I came from a two-parent household and I also came from a household where my mom and dad got married and had a child at 17. So going into that space, I was always told my mom got pregnant on the first time she had sex. So I just wanted to, to, to tell you for that being something that was deposited. Like, <laughs> so I was a late bloomer, as you can see, with everything. Um, so by the time I lost my virginity, I was well into my 20s. I was 21, almost 22. So and then on top of it, we didn't have social media to look in to see. We only had Superhead. OK, <laughs> so no matter how you think about that, we didn't have Superhead then. Superhead wasn't. You know, Superhead. Wait a minute. You probably knew Superhead. Did you ask? Superhead only happened at Def Jam because I can tell you the story on how she started. Oh, listen, we don't need that. I'm saying Superhead was the thing that we knew. Exactly. I know you said what? Superhead. Yes, yeah, so I was on the video shoots all the time at work. You didn't ask her? Well, no, like, you know, you asked your village, Tanika. But not at like the airport before that's FaceTime true. was available. No, not at the yeah, airport. I'm still taking village. it. But I'm asking this one because she had the appearance of being a superheader. The way that she, let me tell you. So she and is very proud. Let me, let me say this. I love when women, because we were single we had a, a six-figure job. We got big titles. She was uh, director, manager of marketing at Def Jam Music. I was director of PR. We had artists from LL, Cool J, Jay-Z, Ludacris, DMX, Method Man. Bye, Carrie, Janet, we had, right, we had so many amazing right. artists. And you're in your 20s, like 26, doing this. She started even before that. 
You can't tell me that you shouldn't be able to embrace your sexuality. However, when I got to Def Jam with this one right here, I, 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 I'm meeting on the first time. Monique is very quick with it. She's from L.A. I'm from Kentucky. You know, she's been literally in these L.A. streets understanding the game, if that makes sense, and how to maneuver um, it, even though it may not necessarily be the way I would maneuver it, but she was one of those people where she understood the vernacular of the male code, I thought. Mm-hmm. And um, unapologetically. I, I and unapologetic about it. Mm-hmm. So I respected that because I knew I didn't have that. I knew that I didn't really understand that because there is no blueprint to it, right? There's no blueprint how to give a great blow job or how to go doggy style the right way. Like you got to get intel. You understand what I'm saying? Like vibrators and whatnot. You're getting all these things before you get to baby, okay? Before you become that mama, there are some unmama-ish things that we've got to do, right. okay? To get yeah. said baby, right? right. But, 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 I don't want to separate it. I don't want to separate it, Kita, because what we no. are learning here on Mama's Day is that sexuality must live mm-hmm. through the mommy journey. It's not like mm-hmm. it dies. I still am looking on Instagram like, is he too young for me? Because his gray sweatpants <laughs> are making me feel some things. <laughs> and it should. And I think that's, I love that, 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 well, this is what this community is for. Mama's Day is the community of all things when it yes. comes to motherhood, mommyhood, and womanhood. And yeah. you're right. The reason why sex in the city was so popular is that it explored all of those facets, just like your mm-hmm. podcast. And I really can't tell you whether it was learning how to give proper fellatio, whether you're getting the right intel or not. Talking about vibrators. I bought my first vibrator, which was oh, the rabbit, because she had one and it was on sex in the city. And girl, we, the rabbit was we everything. Working, and we were working what? at Def Jam. We were working and at Def Jam and, and on the- top of the Hustler store. So it was so easy yes! for us to get things. Right. Okay, so okay, be clear with it. Our office was on top of the iconic hustler store. Like literally so all, right on top. Literally, our office was right on a discount. Wait a second. Our office was right on top of the Hustler store on Sunset Boulevard, where all these artists used to come in and out. So while you're coming in and and taking these meetings and dropping your beats and and, and doing your thing, you can go take the elevator right downstairs and get all of the accoutrements that make sense. So I'm literally in the Hustler store in the aisle like, okay, Monique, um, I think I see it. Now, did you get the blue one or the pink one? She said, girl, you know, I got a blue one. I was like, girl, okay. So I am trying my best not to be seen. And I see my co-worker downstairs. I say, girl, someone's still down here. Y'all all see work from the New York office. I want to make a correction, Mo, because you're more than 10%, Samantha. Let, let's not play. You, you've got like 25 Samantha E up in there. There are days. There's days. Yeah. There's days. There's days. There's days. I'm 95. There's nights. Yes. That, There's that nights. Part. Okay. Thank you, ladies, yeah. so much. I love you so much. I'm sending you guys. So many right, kids. I'll call you right now. I'm calling <laughs> Yeah, y'all yeah. sort that out. Mama right. stay. If you guys can just give me a woosa, mama stay. Three, two, one. I love y'all. Thank you so much. Mama 
Thanks for hanging out, Mama. I know how little time we have in our day to honor ourselves, and I'm just thrilled to be a part of it. Make sure you click like, rate, and subscribe. I'd love to hear what you think about today's show and what you want to hear going forward. Remember, mommying is a gift, and you're doing a kick-ass job. So, woosah and mama stay.